day and night making noises to horrify young men with. I was horrified. I wasn't horrified so much by imaginary trolls because I was an eminently rational young man, too rational. One of those people who had done far too much reading at five and six because of my strange nature and a lack of playmates. And as a consequence, what I mostly thought about were dead bodies in the river, which I read about in the paper. Everyone is always very obsessed with the dead bodies in the river because when the thaw comes, so comes the bodies. And so there's sort of a little game almost where you, you figure out who went missing this winter and when will they show up this spring? Oh, mud season. When will they show up during mud season? I mean, you could almost take bets on it. People would talk about it. I'd be at the barber shop with my father, and that's what people would be talking about. When will they find that farmer? I don't know. Soon, I think. The river's going out. And there was always the possibility. There was always the possibility. And everybody talked about this like it was a glorious thing, like a trifecta of some kind. The possibility that a body would not be found that a body would never be found, because they almost always found the bodies. And if they couldn't find the body, here's what everybody thought happened. Everybody honestly thought that what probably happened isn't that the body was eaten by a coyote or shot up on land and uh, dragged away by a moose. No. What everyone thought would happen is that the body got into the water when the top was frozen, but there was just enough current and just a perfect set of circumstances pulled that body out. It didn't catch on any rocks and went straight down to the sea. And, that, and people talked about it at the barbershop like, like that would be such an, like, I think, that, I think it might have gone all the way down to the sea. The, you know, the weather was right. There was a taste on the air. It was perfect that time. I think it could have gotten all the way to the sea. People say, no. It's going to catch on the bend. It'll catch on the bend at Allagash. They say, no. No, this time I can feel it. This time that body is going to get all the way down to the sea. Because that whole rivulet, that rivulet of fresh water, runs all the way down and pours itself right into the North Atlantic. And it was some kind of reward, a, a hope, a, a promise that if a body could evade all the rocks and the things that would hang it up. If it could actually sail down and sink itself into the sea and then you'd never find it again. I don't know. It's like they thought it was a kind of little miracle. Like if that was possible, maybe anything is possible. Maybe one day We'll have a real fucking spring here. Maybe not following eight fucking months of winter. Maybe one day the trees, the fir trees all around, will sprout cherry blossoms. And all will be happiness and jelly beans and orgasms. I don't know. I don't know what it was supposed to mean. But I thought about it. Many nights, laying in my bed, I thought about those bodies. Like secret presents in the ice, waiting to see who had gotten through and who had stayed behind. Tonight is Monday night, for anybody who hasn't checked their calendar. It's Monday night, and I am missing a party thrown by two friends of mine here in the East Village. 
I am not at the party because I am here speaking with you, which I prefer. I enjoy the time that we spend together. But the party, which is going on here in the East Village at an unnamed bar, which we won't name so that you all don't leave and go to the party, because, you know, New Yorkers have that terrible fear that something might be happening that is actually cooler than where they are now. And so I know that at any moment, if I tell you about a party, and you're like, what do you mean, only those people invited? Oh, my God, they were invited? Yeah, there's someone from Vogue there? And then all of a sudden, you're gone. And I'm speaking into silence, and then I'll be compelled by virtue of my New York heritage to go as well, because I will have made the event cool, or more likely I will send all of you to that party, and then I will go to an even cooler party <laughs> that even less people have heard about, except for my very, very special friends who stuck around. <laughs> so the party's happening tonight at an undisclosed bar in the East Village. It's, um, it's a very modern kind of party. It is, in fact, the amicable divorce party. This is a party that couples have been together a very long time and have chosen to separate, throw, where uh, both parties who are about to become unmarried or untogether, they actually invite all their friends in an attempt to form some kind of detente in the ongoing social war that happens in the event of divorce. You know what war I'm talking about. We all enjoy the company of our loved one or ones, and we're in these relationships, but when shit comes down, push comes to shove, and everything goes to fuck, somebody gets to keep this friend, and somebody gets to keep that friend. Well... This whole system is designed around the idea that maybe things don't have to be so absolutist. Maybe instead we can have a party together, thereby showing all our mutual friends that we're both totally cool with the divorce, and therefore we'll all be really chill, and then everyone's very accepting, and it's a very, you know, it's a warm and happy kind of separating, as opposed to a severing, a kind of, um, a kind, you know, a parting of the way. And there's a lot of that language floating around regards to this party. People saying, you know, well, our paths diverge. I'm going this way and you're going that way. Guess we can't have the same apartment. We're going very different ways. And our friends, they'll have to make their choices. But they can stay with them. It's cool. We're totally cool. Everyone's cool. <laughs> Everyone's cool. I have never understood this. I, I just don't. I mean, uh, uh, that's okay. There are many things I don't understand. It's all right that I don't understand, but I don't understand it. It doesn't connect for me because I am not able to digest the idea of a relationship that can have those kind of parameters and terms. I'm not good with boundaries, as evidenced by the fact that I'm talking to all of you instead of being at this party. I'm not good with boundaries. I uh, speak my mind. I speak my mind. Sometimes I speak other people's minds. I, I just don't seem to have a lot of boundaries around myself. And as a consequence, the idea that you can actually partition off yourself, you could actually say, yes, this relationship did occupy a huge quantity of my life, and it was the person with whom I was having biological sex, and it was the person with whom I was spending time in, a, in this house, we were paying rent together, but all's fair in love and war, this is okay, shake hands, we'll divide everything up fairly. No, no, I have a very scorched earth policy on the whole thing. <laughs> I say that when the shit goes down, it goes down! 
It goes down. When things are fucked, they're fucked. There should be dead people and fucking corpses and a bag of heroin and the whole fucking thing just go into the fucking toilet. That's me. Other people differ. They're at the party tonight. I am here talking to you. And these are common, these belief systems that are different than mine. And isn't that the point of being a, a rational human being? Isn't that the point of being an adult, that we learn to accept other people's ways of being? Isn't that the heart of liberalism? I am a bad liberal. I am not good at accepting other people's ways of being. When she told me that they were breaking up, I was so angry. I was so surprised because in many ways this couple been together as long as my wife and I had and they're, they're some of our closest friends and so we spend a huge amount of time with them as a couple. You know this life of couples thing like this couple is with this couple and so you depend on these people to reflect on your own relationship. In fact there have been many times that at night my wife had turned to me in bed and said they're a lot better than us. They're a lot better than us. I'm just saying, they do a better, I mean, I, I mean, he cooks and he can cook. This guy can cook. I don't cook. I don't cook at all. He cooks wonderful meals and he does it without provocation. He, I, I, mean, I guess it's inside of him. He just, he's like, like a eggplant and then he's, he's cooking it. I don't know. I don't know. I can't do that. And not only can I not do it, even if I could do it, I don't want to do it. So I'm not going to start. So it's not possible for me to catch up, you know, in this, in, in this race, this race.